Crushing Satan's Head, Part 2, Mary pondered all these words in her heart. God writes his plan into the scriptures, confident that those who have faith will find it and be guided by it. His enemies are often too proud to read the scriptures, or those who do are too faithless to understand what they read. If we want to know God, and if we wish our spirit to survive the trials of this life and the last day, then humble and prayerful persistence in reading the Bible will guide us. It is not meant to be easy, but it is always rewarding. If we love God, we will make the effort. How much did Jesus understand of his mission by meditating upon the law, prophets and psalms? Everything essential. How much did Mary understand of her unique vocation by pondering the word of God? More than we can imagine. How much of our calling can we understand by attentively reading sacred scripture? Much, for it is given to us with reason. Let us take Mary for our example. After the Annunciation, Mary would certainly reread the scriptures with an attentiveness greater than when she was a girl. Mary knew from the message of the angel that the son she conceived was the Messiah. Our Lady kept all these words, pondering them in her heart. With new eyes, Mary read Genesis, God's words to the serpent, quote, I will put enmities between you and the woman, between your offspring and her offspring. She will crush your head, and you will lie in wait for her heel. End quote. Mary knew her Jesus was the offspring, promised from the beginning, and therefore she was the woman. How resolute she must have been never to act as Eve did to Adam, never to draw the new Adam away from God's command. Much more, she sought to be a helper similar to him. At some point, Our Lady realized, before any other human, that the Messiah was greater than all had expected, true man and true God. Mary would consider especially all that was said in the Tanakh of God's anointed, God's suffering servant, including crucifixion and resurrection. And though not everything was immediately open when the rediscovered word of God said, Did you not know that it is necessary for me to be in these things which are of my father? Once again, his mother kept all these words in her heart. How often did Mary revisit the verse where Eve, quote, gave birth to a son, and she called his name Seth, saying, God has given me another offspring in place of Abel, whom Cain killed. Close quote. Did Mary see here that God's plan could not be stopped by death? Did her heart blaze when she read some twenty times in Bereshit, that is Genesis, the worldwide blessing God would give through the offspring. Yet Mary saw also the terrible cost, requiring readiness to sacrifice the only begotten. Quote, By my own self I have sworn, says the Lord, because you have done this thing 
and have not spared your only begotten Son for my sake, I will bless you, and I will multiply your offspring like the stars of heaven, and like the sand which is on the seashore. Your offspring will possess the gates of their enemies, and in your offspring all the nations of the earth will be blessed, because you obeyed my voice. End quote. When Mary read Judges, and saw Jael piercing evil Sisera's skull with a peg, presumably she recalled God's word to the devil, she will crush your head. And Mary saw Jael walked secretly, mysteriously, that Jael's demeanour was kind and recollected, though fully focused on her opportunity to defend God's people from their cruel enemy. What more did Our Lady learn from the woman from Thebes, who cast a millstone on Abimelech's head? The wicked aggressor repeated his battle plan. That which succeeded against Shechem, he sought to replay in Thebes. Did Mary consider the former attacks on the prophets, and see the same might be done to her son? Mary knew the prophets were not defeated by death. For ever after they were held in esteem and their words continued to save Israel. So the mother of God did not fear the death of her son would be the end of his work. Jephthah's daughter whispered to Mary, the call to total sacrifice. Loving God above one's life would hurt. Did Mary have a special love for Jephthah's daughter, the only person in the entire Old Testament who for the sake of God's word willingly gave her life in a holocaust when she could conceivably have just walked away. With the wise woman of Abel, Mary knew that evil divides. All the forces of Judah against Israel in one vulnerable city. Why have them slaughter each other in battle when all they have to do is reject the son of Bikri, reject sin, and say no to his summons? Then he is finished, and the people have peace. Mary saw Judith succeeded, and Esther interceded with the king, and Susanna was ready to die rather than cooperate with evil, relying on God and on his servant for her defence, not on the elders and rulers of Israel. Contemplating these key facts braced Mary for her long approach to Calvary. Mary's preparation was long indeed. Jael's action had been spontaneous, taking a few minutes, albeit from a strength of character built by a lifetime of seeking God. With the woman of Thebes, the battle surged for some hours. The woman of Abel bore her burden probably for some days or weeks, less time than it takes to build ramparts. Judith did her work in half a week. Esther endured for much longer, about two months, until the murderous decree was superseded. Susanna's trial lasted two days, from horror to exoneration and rejoicing. But Jephthah's daughter carried her burden for two months, a decree which was not superseded. She did not waver. Her will was totally free. Of all these women, she was the one who paid with her life, though the others had all risked theirs. Jephthah's daughter wielded no hammer, heaved no rock in the heat of battle, sought no strategy to escape from disaster, hacked at nobody's neck with a sword, called for no one to be hung on a gibbet, and did not even protest her innocence. 
How purely spiritual was this girl's combat? How sweet her soul's self-surrender! What an agony it caused for her father! The virgin's thoughts were to console him. What a triumph of grace! Her selflessness under duress. The greatest fight to be had is not physical. The ultimate war is not going to be nuclear. But in the spirit God gains his victory, in the soul which refuses to sin, in the heart which never ceases to trust. It is on this all history turns. If we can find Marian prefigurations in the scriptures, it is likely that, among all creatures, Our Lady found them first. Her conversations with Jesus about the meaning of the scriptures we can scarcely imagine. When the day came, on Calvary, Mary knew her son Jesus would crush Satan. Regardless of whether her Torah read, He will crush, or She will crush, Mary wanted to be a helpmate to her Adam. She sought not to protest poor Pilate, nor curse corrupt Caiaphas and Annas. She hated not one of the soldiers who whipped off the skin of her child, nor resented the bloodlust of her people when they cried, Crucify! Crucify an innocent man! Mary did not strike at the infantile elders, nor cast a stone at the murderous Pharisees, nor spit on the sin-sunken Sadducees, nor argue with the illegal court. There were among these true enemies of God, but Our Lady was not there to break a bruised reed, nor quench a smouldering wick. Aquila non capit muscas. Mother Mary, by offering her dearer son to the Father, by wavering not once against his will, by trusting her Jesus was stronger than death, by not falling into sin during this heaviest trial, Our Lady crushed Satan's head. Here was a soul Satan could not accuse. Here was one who would not only avoid hell, but also who would not be contained by death. Mary would be assumed body and soul straight to heaven when she died. With the united sacrifice of Jesus and Mary on Calvary, Satan's winning streak was over. In fact, it was exposed as an illusion. It had never been a winning streak, but all had been in God's service for the greater glorification of those who love him. First, his son, second, Mary, then the rest. For Satan, this is a total crushing.